Michael Vonnen. Welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek. And recently, a viewer on the channel requested several different videos, one of them being on the White Council. And since I've actually been planning to do a video for a while on the, the wizards, uh, the Astari, as they're called in The Lord of the Rings, uh, or The Unfinished Tales, which is where most of the material is going to come from, I figured I would go ahead and do a video on both and kind of kill two birds with one stone. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the origins of the Istari, and then we're kind of going to get into a little bit of the activities that they engaged in in Middle-earth, and then we'll wrap up. Of course, the main thing that we all know about the Istari, or the wizards, is that there are at least three. We know of Saruman, Gandalf, and Radagast the Brown, and Radagast you would really only know if you had read the novels or if you've seen the Hobbit movies after The Lord of the Rings, because even though he's actually in the novel for The Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson doesn't bring him up because he has a really small role. So we know about those three, but then when the point comes of Gandalf actually talking to Saruman at Orthanc after the defeat uh, at the hands of the Ents, Saruman makes a reference to the Rods of the Five Wizards. Five wizards. Makes you wonder what that's all about. At the time, Tolkien himself probably didn't know, but he later ended up writing a bunch more materials that were later gathered by Christopher Tolkien in The Unfinished Tales, some of which deal with the five wizards. And it's interesting because not all of it's complete, not all of it's necessarily even consistent, but it does give us a little insight into what's going on. So, to kind of piece together the information, Christopher Tolkien kind of puts it in a, in a format that's a little bit disjointed and shows different thoughts at different times. I'm going to try to piece together essentially a kind of a coherent view out of all of it that kind of makes it all go together. You get the idea that uh, roughly around the year 1000 of the Third Age, the Valar in the West decide that to counter the threat of Sauron, they need to send some of their own Maiar into Middle-earth to, you know, kind of organize resistance. And of course the Maiar are essentially the same beings as the Valar, just a lesser power and whatnot. So they have a council and Manwe says, who are we going to send? Two people ended up volunteering. It says that their names were Kurumo and Alatar. And it says that Kurumo was kind of associated with Aule, who is the um, kind of the Hephaestus type character of the Valar. He's very much interested in making things. He's the one who, you know, made dwarves. He's interested in, you know, that all that kind of thing. And so he's, you know, you get the idea that Kurumo, who we end up finding out is Saruman, uh, is very much skilled with works of his hands, which in fact it, it says in the Unfinished Tales texts. Uh, Alatar is associated with Orome, who is the hunter of the Valar. And we don't really understand, there's no real clear indication why that's relevant, other than, you know, I mean, it just, it's mentioned. Um, and then Manwe wants a third to go along, and he says, well, where is Aloran? And Aloran, as you may know if you've read the novels, of course, is Gandalf, because Gandalf actually says that his name in the West that is forgotten was Aloran. So he asks, and then the Lord who just came in pipes up and says, what would you like? He says, well, we're sending three emissaries to Middle-earth to, you know, help fight Sauron. And at first he says, well, I don't want to go. I'm too weak for that, and I'm afraid of Sauron. And Monway basically says, all the more reason to go. Um, 
So he says that you'll go as the third. Varda pipes up at this point and says, not as the third. Doesn't really give the meaning of that, but it says that Kurumo took note of those words. And you can see there that there's the seed being planted that Gandalf is actually going to end up being the most important. And Saruman is already envious of that. So there's already something going on there. Yavanna, uh, the Valar, the Vala, who is associated with plants, trees, and that sort of thing, basically imposes on Kurumo, Saruman, to take Radagast, who has, of course, a different name, uh, with him. His name there is Iwendil. Um, Saruman is not terribly happy about this. And then Alatar also takes a friend with him named Palando. Now, we don't really know much about Alatar and Palando, but they're the blue wizards. That much we do know. Uh, what we can kind of divine is that they went into the east at some point and never returned. We don't really know if they were successful or if they turned evil. We don't really know. I mean, it leaves it up in the air. Um, but when they went to Middle-earth, they all kind of came separately. Saruman came first with Radagast, and then the blue wizards, and then Gandalf came last, seemingly least, but it says that Círdan the shipwright, who was at the Grey Havens, saw that he would actually be the most important, and Círdan, who had that, at that point had the keeping of Narya, the Ring of Fire, gave it to Gandalf for his aid in his uh, workings that he was going to be involved in, because he knew he would need it. Uh, just a couple extra points just about the background. It points out um, other than the, the other associations that we have, it says Aloran uh, seems to be associated with Manwe, but it also says that the root word Olor for his name, and this is Gandalf, remember, uh, has the root meaning of like dreams or visions. And it also says somewhere in the Unfinished Tales text that he's a counselor of Irmo, which is also named Lorien, who is the Vala of dreams and, and that sort of thing. So you get kind of two different ideas of who he's associated with, but the n name, at least, that he has is explained in terms of he tends to walk among the elves of, of Valinor, unseen, trying, you know, to plant visions in their mind of what, you know, could be for the betterment of the world. And so there you get that idea that's kind of a background to what we already know about Gandalf in the in the Lord of the Rings itself. That is, his his main purpose is not so much to achieve things, but to inspire others to achieve uh, the resistance to Sauron, which is really the point of the Astari in to begin with. Because Manwe in the Council actually says these the emissaries we send need to be powerful like Sauron, but they need to forego using their power and mainly try to get others to do the resistance. So that's kind of some interesting backstory that we only get in the Unfinished Tales. Now I'm going to move into what happens once they all make it to Middle-earth. So of course I've already mentioned that the two blue wizards went into the east and it, it's stated in at least one place, maybe, maybe both Lord of the Rings and the Unfinished Tales material, that it may be that they were successful and hampered Sauron's efforts. It may be that they, you know, were corrupted like Saruman. We don't actually know. Um, virtually nothing is known about the Blue Wizards, but that's the five. 
Also, there's an interesting note in there that it says that of the emissaries sent into Middle-earth that belonged to the order of the Astari, there were five who were the chiefs, which implies that there may actually have been others. Again, this is there's some sort of conflicting evidence because you get the idea from the council story that there's really only just the five. It just depends on which text you read and what you know time period Tolkien's rumin, you know ruminating about all this. So, in any event, the Blue Wizards go into the East fairly early on, and we never hear from them again. Radagast, of course, is most interested in animals and plants and, you know, nature. So he spends a lot of his time doing things in that regard. And he eventually kind of, he doesn't become corrupted, but he comes, becomes much less interested in actually accomplishing his task and more interested in just focusing on plants and animals, which, you know, if you look back to the council, it kind of makes sense. Yavanna is just kind of pushing him into this role as somebody to look after the, you know, nature and his, his heart's not really in it anyway. Saruman and Gandalf both move around a lot at first. Saruman eventually takes up a boat in Orthanc, uh, at first basically claiming uh, just kind of that he's going to look after it for the steward. Later, of course, he claims it for himself. It was part of the Kingdom of Gondor. Um, so he's he's taking it at first as kind of a, you know, you're at that point in history, Rohan and the, that general area was very sparsely populated and had been under threat and actually been taken over by hostile forces before. And so he took it and the steward at the, at that point was happy to do that because it put an ally. So they thought in a place that was very important. He finds the Palantir later uses it and becomes basically fully corrupted Gandalf, of course, never ceases wandering. He eventually makes it into the south, the far north. He has all these different names in different uh, places of the world. He tells, um, whenever he mentions that his name in the west was Aloran, he also says his name in the north is Gandalf. His name among the elves is Mithrandir. He has a name among the dwarves as well. And then even in the south, he says he has the name in Kandus, which the south, he can only mean you know, Harad and, and places south of there because he's obviously not talking about Gondor because there he's known as Mithrandir. So uh, he obviously travels a whole lot. And again, his main role is to go around and, and inspire others to accomplish things in the war against Sauron. And he's the only one that really ends up accomplishing that goal. He's the only one that stays true. Now, that kind of goes through a brief idea of what they all did in Middle-earth. But the interesting thing that, again, the viewer that commented wanted to know about was the White Council. So the White Council, as far as we know, included the three wizards that we really know most about, Gandalf, Saruman, and Radagast, and it also included major figures uh, of the elves as well. So you've got Elrond, you've got Galadriel. I want to say there might have been one or two others that might have been involved, but those are at least the main ones. And the White Council was basically organized as a kind of central, I don't want to say think tank, that's really the wrong way to put it, but um, for the most part what they're doing is not necessarily putting forth power so much as you know, planning and strategizing the war against Sauron and how they can effectively combat the threat. So you get a lot of things that go on with the White Council that we never really see, but we know it's there. Uh, 
And one of the things that we do know from The Hobbit, and it kind of gets elucidated a little more in the, the Lord of the Rings, and then even again in the Unfinished Tales in a different uh, text on which kind of talks about the, the Hobbit and the quest of Erebor, is that the White Council, of course, is the, the group that finally pushes Sauron, or the Necromancer, as everybody's calling him in The Hobbit, out of Dol Guldur when they finally realize who he is and how dangerous he is. In The Hobbit, you don't really get enough detail to realize exactly what's going on there. You just know he's a necromancer and he's been kicked out. Um, in The War of the Rings and, and The Unfinished Tales, you get a little more detail and realize that they knew it was Sauron. Originally, Saruman was trying to hold off pushing against Sauron at Dol Guldur because he was hoping that with his presence, the ring would show itself and he would actually uh, be able to find the ring for himself. And, of course, you realize at that point, by the time you're hearing this, Saruman has already become corrupted. Interestingly enough, on that note about the ring and going back to the issue of, of Saruman being uh, craft, craft heavy and associated with Aulay, um, it actually, if you read the novel, whenever uh, Gandalf goes to visit Saruman initially before he realizes he's completely gone uh, to the dark side, so to speak, he realizes, he's starting to realize it, but Saruman at one point, when he finally basically reveals himself for who he is, he actually calls himself Saruman Ringmaker, which makes you wonder, has he already dabbled in the ringmaking craft himself? attempting to make a ring of power for himself. It never really makes that explicit, so it could just be an aspirational title that he's giving himself, but it's interesting to note one way or the other. Anyway, so you've got the White Council. They meet several times. The most important of those that we know of is in The Hobbit, where they, again, cast Sauron out of Dol Guldur. That's really the last time the White Council has any major activity, because after that, Saruman basically sticks to himself, uh, he has long been envious of Gandalf. Galadriel always wanted Gandalf to be part, uh, the head of the order, and Saruman kind of knows or suspects that. He also learned or suspected that Gandalf had Narya, the Ring of Fire, and so he had a huge amount of envy uh, built up against Gandalf, and that is part of what led him down the corrupt path that he went down, but it was also just his own failings. But anyway, after The Hobbit, the White Council never really meets again. Saruman at that point is going full-fledged into his own plans to, you know, essentially take the ring for himself if he can find it. And eventually, of course, he reveals himself to be evil, and there's nothing really left for the White Council to do. They're not going to meet again with him anyway. So that's, there's probably a little more material on the White Council, but most of it's going to be just bare references in, like, annals that are in the appendices. So unfortunately, there's not as much information on that as we would like. Uh, there might be a little bit more in some of the History of Middle-Earth works, but I'd have to go back and read those. It's been a while. Uh, so if I ever find more information, I'll definitely do a more in-depth video on that. But for now, that'll do. So that's the Wizards and the White Council. Hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, please give it a like. If you want to learn more about The Lord of the Rings or anything else in Middle-earth or outside of Middle-earth regarding Tolkien, then subscribe to the channel or follow me at Twitter at JRRTLore. And if you have any requests that you'd like to know about, then you can put those in the comments below. 
And until next time, I'm Tolkien Geek signing out for the Tolkien Lore Channel. Namariye.